to Big Mama Hex, episode nine, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're joined with Sarah Gise, and she is a friend that I've met through Instagram and also at the Folk Fest through mutual friends, Eric Claypool, and also Rachel. Um, I'm not going to mess up her last name. I know I will. Um, Rachel's a wonderful friend. Um, Sarah was born in Ivory Coast. Her mother is Algerian, and her father is Malian. They moved to the U.S. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, when Sarah was four years old. They moved to Pennsylvania in 2002 during Sarah's sophomore year of high school. She has lived in Berks County for almost 15 years, which is incredible. So today mm -hmm. we're going to catch up with Sarah and learn more about her. I don't know much about Sarah, but I know um, through following her on Instagram and interacting that she's a like-minded person. And so I call her a friend in my head, which is a Wendy Williams term, but I really love it. So um, you have those people that you follow on Instagram and connect with once in a while, but you really feel like if the circumstances were different, you would be good friends. So welcome, Sarah. Thank, thank you. For you. It's so thank nice. you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited about this because it's been a while since I've recorded, but also because I followed you for a couple of years now and I'm not really sure how we linked up through mutual friends or whatever, but I adore Rachel so much. She's yes, such, she's an, such a wonderful person. And of course, Eric Claypool is a wonderful person as well. And I've known him a couple of years now and just a wonderful great um, resource for folk art and his family heritage of hexane painting has been really influential for me. So welcome. So we want, we have about an hour to talk. So I want to know everything about you. <laughs> I can't wait to get to okay. learn more. So um, we can get started. Let's start with, um, well, let's see. You talked when I asked you if you'd like to do the podcast. Um, I, I was really interested um, during the more recent turmoil, um, I don't even know how to uh, phrase it. Um, movement? Yeah, I was thinking like racial turmoil. Um, I, I really enjoyed your stories because I enjoyed the way that you um, were kind of giving people that it might not be so obvious how to help some, some, right. some assistance to try and help. But we can get started wherever you'd like. We can start um, with your childhood and your background or um, we can start with what you're working on now because I know you're starting to get together um, a social justice organization that you're starting starting up. So really, we can we can jump in wherever you feel comfortable. So. <laughs> okay. Um, so basically, the reason um, I came to Berks County was because my father uh, received a tenure line position at Kutztown University. So he taught at Kutztown. Um, mathematics and he's now retired um, since 2017. Uh, my mother teaches at Penn State Berks so both of my parents are um, professors. She teaches French and Arabic and so I went to school at Kutztown because it's free tuition sure. um, <laughs> and through through being at Kutztown I kind of um, worked i worked at uptown espresso bar i don't know if you're familiar with that yes coffee shop for like yes. on and off for like a long time like 10 years oh, wow. yeah um and so that's how i got my handle afro duchy um, gotcha. because of peter um being an immigrant i feel like uh i adapt to my surroundings quite easily so just being in Pennsylvania Dutch area, it would yes. slip out, like the accent would slip out when I'm talking. And so he coined the term Afro Dutchy and I, it kind of just stuck with me. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. And yeah I then, forgot to mention that I was super intrigued by your handle and wondering the background story. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's quite fitting because, you know, I, I consider, I consider Kutztown area. I currently live in Kempton. Um, okay. Home. Yeah, this mm -hmm. is home. Um, and I appreciate the Pennsylvania Dutch culture. And um, I lived in Linhartsville in 2011. And Eric Claypool is actually my neighbor. So that's oh, wow. how I met Eric and um, got to know him as a friend. Oh, the fun you must have had. <laughs> yeah. He's yes. such a fun guy. <laughs> he is a fun guy. I love it. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of 
how I'm like why I'm here and and so many people ask like why are you still in this area there's like not much diversity there's mm. you know and I'm here because of the nature I love Mm -hmm. um, the rolling hills. I love the lands. I love um, farm culture. I garden. Um, that's so, awesome. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Yeah, that's really cool. And I was interested once I sort of got to know you a little bit with just asking you to do this podcast. I actually grew up in Bristol in Bucks County. I'm not mm -hmm. from Bucks County at all. And I grew up, uh, my mom's actually from Boyertown and we moved here about six years ago. But um, I grew up in a, in a very diverse area. And I'm sort of six years later still in shock of how to navigate. You know, I mean, I'm Pennsylvania Dutch and half Welsh, and um, I didn't grow up in the Pennsylvania Dutch culture, so it's very difficult still to navigate from the way I was brought up. You know, it's very difficult. So it's interesting to me. I guess I'm really drawn to people's stories that maybe uh, there was, you know, um, it wasn't always easy to kind of figure out how to fit in, you know? But then in, in Bristol, I didn't really fit in either. I don't remember um, knowing any Germans. Like, it was very strange. It was very, very Italian, Irish, um, African-American, and, and Puerto Rican. That was it. And it was really strange being the German. <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 was, it was a great experience, though. And it's been really difficult, like, acclimating to that, especially with having children. You know, it's really hard. Um, my eldest is... Um, so she would be a quarter, a uh, quarter Pennsylvania, a quarter Welsh, and then half Puerto Rican. And oh her dad was like Afro Boricua. <laughs> so, or is, he's still around. But um, yeah, so it's hard because I, I worry a lot about, you know, making sure she's exposed to what she needs to, but I'm probably going to cut all this because I'm talking too much, but I want to know you too. So this is perfect. Yeah, I wanted to give you a framework of like why I was interested in talking to you and sort of you know, I didn't really know how I could um, help support the movement from where I am right now and like the limitations I have with just getting out of the house, honestly, because all my kids are, are um, homeschooling. And it's just, it's a hard thing to navigate for me because I'm like, my background is, is feeling like I grew up in a very diverse, diverse area and I felt like, you know, um, I don't know. It's weird. So anyway, that's what, that's why I wanted to talk to you. So I just wanted to make sure you didn't feel like, I was just like, oh, this is like the only black person I know, because that would be super <laughs> offensive and like ignorant as hell. So I just wanted to uh, let you know. Also like, kind of true because I, yeah. I, I am the token black. Which is, which is why I was, which is yes. why with the one story, I was so like, oh, I have to talk to Sarah about this because within the context um, of like the area we live, I think your your input is very powerful because you you faced that head on. It wasn't like, you know, um, and I appreciated that. You know, you said, "Well, here's the deal," because I might be the only person you know. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, and I actually joke um, that in Kutztown, there's like three of us. Well, three three black women, yeah. um, and I have been mistaken for both of them. No, actually until quite recently, a couple weeks ago, I was oh um, my getting my organic goods at second nature and this elderly mm -hmm. woman looked up at me and she was like, Tamu? And I'm like, no, I'm the other black woman. <laughs> oh my God. That's so, that's oh. so wild. I actually went to Kutztown for my MFA and yeah, I, I remember I toured it when I left high school and I was like, I said to my mom, I was like, hell no, I can't come here. Like I went, I ended up going to Drexel because I was just like, it is too, it is too country for me, but I wish I would have because it would have saved me a lot of mess. But yeah, I remember feeling that like, this is not a right, good fit for me. I want to be in Philly, you know? But yeah, that's so interesting. Cause it sounds a funny place though. Cause it's also the college community and you see some diversity, not much, but you see some of it. It's really interesting. But, um, yeah. And, and actually I, I work at Kutztown University. Um, Do you? I'm not, I, I'm not employed by the university. I'm employed by the faculty and coaches union. Oh, um, wow. So they're located in Harrisburg, but I'm the office manager for the union at Kutztown. Um, so it's kind of full circle that, you know, so I'm cool. back there. Um, but I had the opportunity to speak to some students 
mm -hmm. um, because of my job about, you know, how they felt um, being at Kutztown and the surrounding area. And you're absolutely right. A lot of people are still, who attend the university are very uncomfortable with the surroundings and don't mm -hmm. feel like they can branch off and mm -hmm. uh, explore. And it makes me really sad because, you know, I, I love to hike. Um, I worked at Hawk Mountain. Um, I occasionally volunteer at Hawk Mountain still. Um, and so I, in the past, I've had this vision of just kind of bringing um, brown and black folks, students, children on hikes um, to the surrounding area because I want to show people how beautiful it is. And mm -hmm. um, I understand the, you know, paranoia. It's, mm -hmm. it's definitely valid because I've experienced racism mm -hmm. on Main Street in Kutztown. Mm -hmm. um, this, was, this was years ago. I was crossing um, the street, leaving uptown, so still working at the coffee shop, and there was a truck full of white boys that just drew right past me and um, drove right past me and yelled the N-word just blatantly. And, I'm, and I remember being very just like shocked and confused mm -hmm. and then like just you know, feeling terrible. I mean, not about myself, but kind of like, well, like why, you know, why? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think there's ever a good time to use that racial slur, um, but that, that was in Kutztown and in the surrounding areas of Kempton um, at different bars, I've heard that slur being tossed around when I'm Around, you know, when I'm present. Um, so there is a lot of work to be done. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's probably due to the lack of diversity in, for, in this specific area, including Ole and Boyertown. Because mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it kind of extends from, you know, Neutropoli all the way to where you're at. Um, yeah. And... Um, so I did the protests over the summer. I've gone to a handful of them and, um, you know, not saying that, that, that changed anything. It just, I think it was a good outlook for me to express my frustrations as a black person, um, mm -hmm. in this area. And then, um, I was contacted by my friend Kira, um, and, Eight Oaks uh, distillery owner Chad Butters um, to kind of discuss the movement, what's going on, how we can help our community. Um, and from then, we are meeting. Oh, shoot, this was probably it's been a couple months now, but we're meeting weekly to, yeah, create That's something awesome. better for the community because. Um, something you know like i i'm all about everyone has an opinion right but mm -hmm. it comes down to like action yes and what you can do mm -hmm. to actually make a difference and i believe that starts with your own community so yes. that's where we're at yeah that's yeah. incredible so what are you looking to so the um sorry i'm looking um the organization that you're that you're helping to start is it going to be because I love that idea. So I'm my background is actually I'm an art teacher and um, it's really fascinating because like I said we moved up here. I grew up in Fox, but I lived in Philadelphia for a while with my husband and um, I worked in I got a job as an art teacher with Philadelphia because it's like they will take anybody. But I was really excited because that was like my dream. I I was you know I. I passed over Kutztown because when you're that age, and I think that's why your idea of doing these hikes with younger people is so incredible. Because when you're that age, you think you know what you want. Like you really think you know what you want. And you're like, I know what I want. I do not want to be here. But you don't give anything an opportunity unless maybe somebody grabs you and says, hey, why don't you sign up for this like hike thing that we're doing or whatever. I think that's an incredible idea because I think if I had given it a chance, I could have seen the beauty and it would have been a great opportunity. Because I always think of it as like you're saying with action is 
you know, the children are the ones like trying to argue with somebody who's set in their ways and like a pain in the ass. And like, I, I always think of Tyler Perry had this quote that I adore. You can't reason with an unreasonable person, right? You can try and like, certainly it's worth the effort to like, to like make a stand and like have express your feelings about something. But I'm just saying with reasoning, but with children, it's so different because they're so, they're so open and they're so innocent still. And it's really neat. And even young adults, I mean, it's incredible. College is a really good time for that, but I just yeah, remember. Yeah, exactly. So I love that idea. So I hope in some way that sort of comes into fruition for you um, and let, let me know if you need help volunteering because I am like losing my mind. <laughs> but um, my stepdaughter actually lives in New York and she came to Cookstown and it was just like such a shock for her. And I feel like when you try and put people in a, in a, in an environment that they're so unable to like acclimate to, it's really difficult, you know? So I wish to, I wish to see more outreach like that would be really nice. And, and I mean, at least with, um, you know, minority children, um, black and brown kids, I think there's a stigma with nature specifically mm -hmm. and um, fear, like fear yeah. of being in the woods because of what that represented in the past. Um, so true. And, like, and, and water, swimming, you know, it's mm -hmm. so just getting over that fear and opening those doors, I think will definitely help kids um perspectives and and mm -hmm. their futures um now this is just an idea sure. <laughs> that i've had for so long but i think that um i should probably focus on that as well yeah i mean things all start as ideas you know and yeah. then they get what would they say my professors would say then they get legs you know yeah this really has legs and i'd be like wow <laughs> you know i know what you mean about the nature the nature thing because it's kind of like I kind of have that thing a little bit it's interesting that you would mention that because like my husband grew up in Virginville and he like would walk in the dark all night like he's totally one with nature and I would like to be and I understand the impact of it and it always feels really good but I have a fear like a fear of like I think when you grow up in like a city or a town or 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 more drawn to that it's kind of like um a very different fear than what you're talking about specifically for like what that implies the the woods and whatever but almost feeling like the open space is frightening so i like that idea of yeah, kind of addressing okay. that and maybe like discussing it and 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 you know yeah i love that so much yeah <laughs> sounds really cool i'm just thinking of like a camp or something it'd be really fun oh. Um, there is an organization that's um, nationwide and they're called Outdoor Afro and oh, nice. um, they're already doing that. Um, so I, I believe there's like a chapter in pretty much every major city. Um, so I definitely, you know, suggest that um, if anybody's interested in knowing more about, you know, that sort of movement. Um, but I feel like there's so much work to be done i mean you know this is this is great and it's i was not alive during the 60s nor were my parents in this country you know right. so I'm coming from this as an immigrant mm -hmm. however um it does feel similar to the 60s movement but maybe with more legs if that's mm -hmm. how you use that term <laughs> I, I don't know like I don't think I use that correctly. <laughs> no, it's so weird. It's fine. I just be like, well, this this sketch has legs, so go with that one. I'm like, okay, just give me my MFA <laughs> that I'm never gonna use. <laughs> yeah, well, I went to school for geology, and I'm not using it. So, oh, that's pretty amazing, though. I mean, just to have in your suitcase. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, with um, education, you have to do plus twenty four to keep your credentials. You have to go to grad school. So I was like, why not just do 60 and get an MFA? Like, that's nothing. I don't know. I love to learn. It's ridiculous. That's good. And your artwork is beautiful and amazing. Thank you. Thank you so I much. feel like you're, and I wanted to tell you this um, since like following you on Instagram, but like, I like, I like your style of hex signs because it's very, um, not just feminine, but it's, it's more, I don't know how to describe it like celestial and more oh, I feel like it's more it's something spiritual and I really really 
enjoy it. So thank you so much. I really yeah. appreciate that. It's been tough. It's a little tricky. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's been tricky to navigate. And, and during this time, it's been very, very difficult, like mentally, just trying to stay engaged. I feel, I don't know, it's hard to do things that makes you feel joy when, when so many other things are going on, you know, it's so hard. So I guess, I guess what we should probably talk about is like, where can people start? Like for me, for instance, like, where would you recommend me starting? Like, where, do, why don't we start with that? Like, like what that, do you suggest? I, I like, um, your idea of, of doing online art classes, because I feel like even if you're offering an hour free to, mm -hmm. uh, the community that you used to serve in Philadelphia, it might give um, parents a break with their children to tend to other things. And it, it yeah. will, it'll give like kids the opportunity to just kind of create and tune everything out. So I, I would, I would continue on with that. I think that's huge. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't market it that way. It was just kind of like on my page. So I don't think people could have really found me, but I think that's actually just talking to you. I came to that realization that that might be a nice opportunity. Yeah. I know I've done some like, um, like book, book, book visits, school visits for like a book that I wrote. And it was interesting because I went to my mom's school who was in Bucks County and the kids were really into it. It wasn't like, I thought they'd be like, why are we looking at this like farming book? And like, what is this about? But you know, it's just, teaching in Philadelphia was pretty traumatic for me. I mean, I, I, but it always felt like a part of me kind of died because it was a dream to like, you know, work in the city and work with kids. And it's just, it's so hard because it's like, it just wasn't the right way to do it because the position was just so, um, you know, you just couldn't do much. So it's really, it's really tricky, but maybe finding new ways, like as a community member, and, a, and an artist in the community that I can really do whatever I want now, I don't have to be restricted by the school district, that it might be neat. Maybe I can reach out. I actually have some friends that still teach that I left behind because I was like a union lady. I was like, but it was very hard. But yeah, that might be a good avenue. But I love that idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have friends who have taught in, um, in Philadelphia and, and schools like you're describing, which mm -hmm. have many resources and, and right. I can't imagine, you know, that environment um, for anybody. However, I think that um, just giving them the opportunity to do something like that would be really cool. And especially without having to charge, I think sure. is a good thing, you know, um, yeah. finances because not everyone can afford um, these things. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's interesting because I always think of like my experience now with my, with my kids, you know, they're so flooded with the zoom meetings and the content. And it's just like, at the end of the day, that's the last thing I want to do. But other parents, you know, that might not have like, um, that kind of like interesting content, like our content's pretty good at our school district, you know, we're at a really good school district, which is part of the reason why we left. But, um, that might be a really nice avenue to try or maybe hook up with a library or something, but I love that. So thank you yeah, for that. Of course. Yeah, I guess not everybody's so sick of being online all the time, <laughs> especially if they can experience, I know me too, <laughs> especially if they can experience these places that they haven't seen before, you know? Yes. Yeah. But I love, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Were you I'm sorry. No, I was just going <laughs> to say, Patrick's always saying about how, um, He's always talking at Patrick Dunmore, of course. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he's you know. Um, yeah. um, he's always talking about how, you know, hex signs in Berks County are like the largest, like, body of um, public art or something. I, I might be misquoting. I'm sorry, Patrick. But it would be very interesting to do like um, a survey of hex science compared to like the mural arts program or something in Philadelphia, like something that got to expose the kids to that. Cause a lot of people out of the area, like are like, what? <laughs> like, what is yeah, that? Is hex science. Really and that's though. where you come in with all of yeah. your knowledge and ex expertise and um, can teach kids about that. And um, you know, with your style, I don't even know how you create what you create. I don't know either. <laughs> but clearly you play you take like um uh traditional symbols and make it your own and i think that it would be really cool to kind of extend that to other cultures and yeah that 
I love it. Thanks for these, thanks for these great brainstorms because I, 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 I felt so like basically paralyzed for the last eight months, basically. And just like, I don't even know what, what to do next. You know, it's just going through the motions of like the routine, just like momming and stuff. And, yeah, you know, just being really like creatively blocked because it feels so heavy right now. So, I mean, I love that idea. I do want to get doing something because it sucks to do nothing and just, you know, watching everything fall apart kind of, but it has been exciting and inspiring to see people coming together. And um, it was really cool in Boyertown. They had um, a Black Lives Matter. Um, I guess, I think, I guess they called it a protest. I, mean, I don't want to like misquote them, but it was neat to see because my mom grew up here. So my grandparents have lived here forever and they did used to have, this is like very well known. Unfortunately, they'd have like um, a KKK march, like I think every oh, year. Oh, I know about I that. Yeah. Yeah. Boyertown is known and, to be like the biggest headquarters for the KKK. Right. And then a friend of mine is like, Rachel, you do know there's like pockets still. And I was like, fuck, I went out. <laughs> like, I <laughs> don't mean to be ignorant, but I really, my grandfather would go out and like watch it because he was like, vehemently against it but I don't know he was he was an interesting guy he was an educator too and he would just kind of like maybe he was like kind of policing it because it was on his street so mm -hmm. he lived my grandparents lived on the street so my mom short story long story made short she left because of this she was she grew up here in the 60s and left because it was you know not diverse it was like the, all, this whole experience and she moved us she wanted to grow have her family grow up in a diverse place. So they went to Philadelphia and then to Bristol. That's really interesting and cool. Yeah, she's a very cool lady. So now she's real pissed at me that I'm making her come back because now we live here. But, you know, I think it's really interesting. So it was very powerful to see this, this march happen and it was so peaceful and people were really excited, um, you know, to see Boyertown come out like that and see the change that has happened. So it was exciting, but- um, I actually heard about, um, the Boyertown protest and thought, because I went to the Hamburg one and that was, mm -hmm. that was oh, really great. That was bad. Um, and I thought the same would probably occur in Boyertown just because mm -hmm. there's that like intense, you know, I don't know what to call it, fascist population <laughs> yeah. in, in these areas, but um, I'm glad that it went well. I, I yeah, know. I didn't hear about Hamburg because I really, like I said, I, I miss a lot because I'm just not plugged in at the moment, but that's really disappointing to hear. I've been to Hamburg once and it was not a great experience for me. And I was like, not coming back. You're not yeah. listening on anything. I mean, no. Hamburg <laughs> not trying to trash me. No, not at all. But I watched the footage of the, the march and there were some guys there with guns which was really yes, terrifying that's how hamburg was i, I walked so i guess they showed so many people there were a couple yeah that's terrifying and and sh like you know visibly carrying their weapons i think it was the reading eagle did like a live stream and i was watching and it seemed like it went really really well good but yeah it's just ignorance at the end of the day mm -hmm or hate. I don't know how else to describe it because it's just certainly not love, right? No. Um, or no. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. And I think it's really important to do the, that kind of work in our areas, in our community, because nothing's going to change otherwise. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, my daughter goes to the middle school here and they have like the no place for hate. They've been awarded by the ACLU like a bunch of years. Right. And they're like teaching her, they have this class. She's in seventh grade. They're teaching her um, about implicit and explicit bias. And I, I'm like, that's really cool. But you know, she's dealt with some stuff like very, very like minor stuff, but stuff that like really triggered me. Cause I was like, Oh, this is where this is going to go. Like maybe she didn't even, it didn't occur to her. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, and I didn't like plant a seed or anything, but she kind of came to the realization on her own that it was like based on her hair and she was feeling really uncomfortable about it and brought it up to the, um, the vice principal about, she felt like it was like, be, like the kid was being racist or whatever. And I was like, I was like glad she came to that on her own, but also like, it just broke my heart because we left Philadelphia, which would have been much better situation for her, but it was like 
the schools were really, really, really bad. And we lived in Kensington, which is really, really bad. And, um, but it's, it's hard. It's hard because just navigating that aspect of it and feeling like super overprotective of her and stuff. And, you know, trying to uh, balance, like, like I felt like I had no identity growing up and I want to make sure my kids do feel like they have a sense of identity. And it's really tricky because, you know, yeah. No, and, and I mean, yeah, I'm sorry that your daughter had to go through that. That's awful. Yeah. And, and I understand how, um, at a certain age, you might not get that, right? Because yeah, I grew up right. in Baton Rouge, Louisiana in the deep South. And yes. um, yeah, now looking back at like my childhood, there had been many times where I faced racism and just didn't realize it. Right. Um, because I was just unaware and young. So mm -hmm. it's unfortunate, but you know, here's hoping that there are brighter days ahead. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was nice to hear that they were like discussing it and trying to get into it. But you know, part of me feels like um, a lot of stuff that happens in our school is just done really quickly and moved on from very quickly without any discussion. It's just like, oh, here's this information. Like, and then let's move on because the pacing's very fast. And I don't know if this is all school districts, but. So um, can I ask you what your daughter's school is doing on behalf of um, educating children on what's happening in our society these days? I know when she, I know she has world cultures and last year she had, um, I'm going to mess up. It was a social studies class that they talked about contemporary stuff. Like they were talking about 9-11 and stuff. And they talked about the election yesterday. I do not know if they've talked about Black Lives Matter at all. I do not know if they has come up in possibly when they were talking about implicit and explicit bias, but I'm not positive. But yeah, I, like I'm saying the pacing, for instance, for me, like my big frustration is like they have not addressed the fact that we're in a global pandemic and that it's not been addressed as like a social emotional need like let's discuss this it's just like and i think it's a directive of the department of education probably not but more localized mm -hmm. um the administration that they are telling them i'm sure because having been a teacher it seems weird to me that none of these teachers are talking about the global pandemic or any current events i'm sure that they're telling them not to for whatever reason maybe because there's it's very, um, it's very, what's the word I want? It gets people uh, controversial. Really yeah. Or, and, and well, the global pandemic, like some people are just denying it. So I guess it's like, right. they think it's history, a hoax. Yeah. Which kind of like is with everything else. There's like two different sides and I think they're like just being directed not to, but I should ask her. Has your school talked to you at all about Black Lives Matter? Black Lives Matter? Has it come up at all? Like current events? Wow. You used to watch CNN in the morning, yeah. current events, but you don't anymore. No. Do the kids that are in school do it? No, do you know? I don't think so. This hasn't come up at all. No. no. What about the pandemic? No. <laughs> no. No, I'm just curious. This is public education. This is why I left. It's just bananas. They're like, oh, yeah, be an art teacher. These kids have never done any art and, like, basically haven't had breakfast. But, yeah, let's teach them art. <laughs> so, oh that's, that's awful so they used to watch cnn and yes and now it's just well i'll be honest with you she's all virtual most of the right. kids are not i have chosen that because i am terrified of this freaking virus. but um every morning they would watch cnn and it would be current events so she was you know she'd come home and talk to me about like um there was a lot at the time last year about like i guess ISIS and stuff that was big so perhaps they're still doing that in person I'm not sure because we don't do that but she is in homeroom with the kids I don't know if it's happening but that was probably their only outlet yeah well that's that can be another um way of engaging with the community is through yeah. schools and you know just yes. kind of I'm not saying like burst <laughs> through the doors and be like what is happening but i think a conversations could be had yes um, and you know what's really interesting about that is her ela teacher does take the time to let the kids have conversations and i i really like because i get to see everything he's probably like oh my god this parent but you know i said to him i was like i'm really glad you let this 
this discussion continue because it's so important for kids. And that's how we, we learned, we talked about things because I think the public school, it all comes down to like, they're all playing it safe. Mm-hmm. And no, and and some of these kids really need to learn this at school because they're not learning it at home, or they're learning the, the really like bad stuff at home. Right. And it's it's really sad to me. And I thought, boy, they had an opportunity. To, like this whole thing is so in, insane and and scary. The pandemic, and then with the Black Lives Matter, and um, you know well, anything that's come up, it's an opportunity to educate, right? And not right. just educate based on your opinion or what you sure. think based on facts and there are yes. so many facts that have been you know glossed over mm-hmm. from like the the history of slavery until now and um with the with the pandemic and 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 science is being completely just i, I don't i don't even know like disregarded um people are not <laughs> believing in facts anymore so that that's really terrifying yeah um, it's really upsetting you know, because that's where they should be learning it. That's exactly. where they should be learning it. Because the thing is, is like, regardless of what public school you're in, whether you're in Philadelphia, you know, where they don't have a lot of resources, or you're here in Bertram where they have a ton of resources. What's been hard for me teaching in the schools, like I'll sub and stuff, what's been really difficult for me is to see like this, it feels like we're 20 years behind here. It's really upsetting. And I don't know if all schools are going through this right now, but it does feel like you know, when, when this happened with my daughter with her hair, like the minute, like she mentioned racism or something, you know, they were really, really like worried and upset, but not like for the right reasons. Do you know what right. I mean? It all seems to, it all seems to come down to like a fear of being sued basically. And that sucks because it's not like they were trying to make things right or like have an open discussion. And like, you know, there's just no, in, in all of these aspects, including the presidential election, it's like, there seems to be no room for open discussions and like, you know, coming to the table. Yeah, exactly. Coming to the table with differences of opinions and then like actually hearing people and, and, and actually having it change you because you're, you've heard them. Do you know who Rain Dove is? Maybe the name sounds familiar, but I'm not super knowledgeable (laughs) about I don't even know how I, how I found her, but she, she's very interesting in how she, um, how she responds to people that are so hateful like she meets them with like love and like it's really uncomfortable for them it's very fascinating to see and I think that's something you know Sarah Silverman did a whole thing too (laughs) excuse me she did like a show where she'd go through like America and go to like really like hillbilly towns did you see that and she would talk to them the same way and like like I feel like that's what's missing it's so divisive and so angry and for good reason people are pissed and I get it but like I don't know, especially with kids, I feel like there's, there's so much impact like teachers can have and they just don't have time right now. It's just, it's just so much pressure. It sucks, but yeah. It has a lot of on their plates, but absolutely going back to having those conversations with people that are not minded. I've had a conversation, one distinctive conversation that I can remember in a bar, I think it's the Crumbsville dive bar, which I love dive bars. I don't know why. Um, but it was with a man who was just using, like struck a conversation with me. I was there alone. And um, this was a couple years ago. And was just talking to me about how black people and using racial slurs. But And I'm not like excusing this man. I, I could just tell from our conversation that he was just ignorant and didn't know and was trying to understand. So we had, you know, a pretty good conversation, which I was like, well, you know, this you're talking about stereotypes. You're not actually like, do you know any black people? No, okay, I'm the first one you're talking to. Oh my cool, God. well, let me just like, you know, clear some shit up. <laughs> um, but I, I wasn't like mad or anything. It was just, it's just sad, you know? It is sad, it's really sad. It is really sad. And it's like, what is the answer? I don't know. I always turn to like the answers, the kids, like trying to reprogram them from the awful programming they're receiving, you know, so much ignorance. And it's like, it's just difficult, you know, but I mean, I also think that what you and others can do and and you're right with the, the children being, uh, the most important place to start. Um, however, is also having these conversations with like your neighbors or family members that aren't 
um, in agreement with you, just because I think that, you know, a lot of these folks around here that are waving their Trump flags and spewing all this hateful rhetoric um, mm -hmm. just aren't being challenged in face-to-face -face conversations, like perhaps on Facebook or online because everyone people are stealing their little signs. Oh, people are stealing sure. your signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like yeah. just having conversations face-to-face -face because, um, you know, I think we've gotten so used to doing things uh, digitally, virtually, that so true. it lacks human connection. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, you know, part of me is like, the thing with nature, it's similar with that, like with confronting people that are like, in that way, because I've dealt with some of that when I was young, like a young adult. And I just remember being so horrified by it that I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to avoid these people for the rest of my life. And you know, it's impossible though because they're everywhere. Well, I'm not saying so like a good confront, but I mean, no, I no, no, I hear you. People, I've heard, I've heard, even like getting my a pedicure like two weeks ago. Um, I've heard <laughs> woman and her daughter just spew like really false information <laughs> to the women working, you know, or doing their nails and you know, I, I almost, I didn't say anything because it was just like the three of us in there, but I really right. regret not saying anything, just being like, yes. you know, you can keep that to yourself. Like, yes, it's not acceptable. Like you, mm -hmm. like just saying that's not acceptable. Right. Right. No, for sure. Is enough. Yeah, uh, for sure. And it's interesting because my family is so liberal, like that's not even a good not. thing with my family, but I feel like part of it is like, we're so isolated right now. I haven't really like run into that and I really try and stay like offline yeah you know as far as interacting with people but yeah I mean part of why I really wanted to do this podcast too was make a clear statement about like my position only because I really try and like not really engage much in the politics but you know it's interesting because as a as like a small business or self-employed person you know you know many many people that that purchase work from me are different and have different ideas and backgrounds and are everyone that I've met has been a very kind and loving person, not like a bad person. You know, I mean, I kind of have like uh, it's called like ethical design where I will not like do work for people. If I feel like that bad vibe, you know, nice. I'm so uncomfortable with how, like how things are. And I, and I'm, I don't want to just sit and like, wait for an opportunity I want to make that opportunity you know so I wanted to make sure to um you know have this discussion with you and and ask you how people that are so isolated and and can't really get out and do much physically can help to support other people it's really really it's a, such a strange and weird time because I, it's like you don't see anybody anymore I yes I think as long as you're doing something to support um African-American period, African-Americans, right. I think that is something. I think just like doing nothing is, is, is being, you know, apathetic and, yeah. and not, it's deciding that this, this um, environment is acceptable in a sense. Right. You know what I mean, right. it's just being like, I don't know. I think, I think the, the smallest amount that you can do yeah. is enough. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. My son, he had a friend at, at his school, his little private school, and his, he was a sweet little boy and, and he was African-American. And then my son just adored him so much. And so every time he would draw himself, my son would draw himself as an African-American little boy. And I was like, this is incredible. It's because of this little boy being so magical to him. Like he just loved this kid so much. Yeah. And so he didn't see it, you know, as like, he didn't see it like as a thing, but it was so sweet. And like, because we're taught exactly because it's we're taught, yeah we're taught these things this is not inherently exactly. natural but. right and so I feel like there needs to be in the education system among all the other things that need to happen that there needs to be some sort of acknowledgement of this and like reteaching or unteaching kids some of the things some of the horrible things that they're being taught at home you know it's just as important as teaching them about the history 
you know, is teaching about the pre present time and how to interact with people and, and empathy, really, at the end of the day, you know, to care about others, which is a big deal with this pandemic, too. I feel like all the deniers, they just don't give a shit about anybody else or have any empathy. And it's really, really disappointing and sad, like inhumanity. <laughs> it sucks so yeah. bad to watch, but we went down a real rabbit hole with education. I know, we really did. <laughs> that was probably all my fault. I'm so sorry. I would yeah. love to just touch a little bit on your background and um, how much you love Brooks sure. County is really very... Yeah, it's shocking and, um, me a lot. <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe how much... I just can't talk about education as a mess. I just go down the rabbit hole, but... I get it. I education. My, I was brought up in education. I get it. I'm glad you yeah. got a chance to talk to Kutztown students, though, because I know, you know, it must, it must be so difficult. I mean, it was difficult for me because I was, like, older and, like, where I had grown up just acclimating to the school, even as a grown-up, you know? It's very strange and indifferent, but, yeah, let's talk a little bit about your background and your childhood, and it's very sure. interesting. So, I would love to hear what it was like to live in Louisiana, although you were four years old when you left, so you might not remember, but what a cool place to live. I mean... In Louisiana? Yeah. So I was actually 15 when we moved. Oh, right. You yes. I'm, I'm currently 33, going to be 34. So, gotcha. Um, gotcha. So, yeah. I remember. Was, yeah, I do. I do. Um, I've always it, wanted to go there. Yeah, there's a lot of culture, yeah. um, music and food, and um, it's definitely its own, own world. Um, it's so colorful. It's very colorful. Love um, it. Yeah, it was good. I mean, you know, the whole <laughs> rebel flag thing was was yeah. very um, much a thing, which I'm sure it still is down there. Um, yeah. And you know, in in a in a funny sense, in a funny like, haha, I'm an immigrant and didn't know. Um, <laughs> I like had a rebel flag keychain. Like, oh yeah. Was, because I just thought that's the hip thing to do. Everyone has rebel flags, not understanding, you know, the, the sad meaning behind it. Um, but that's why I get confused being living in Pennsylvania because I see the rebel flags hanging from houses and I'm like, wait, wait what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like, hmm. I know. No, that doesn't quite add up. Um, but so yeah, Louisiana was, was, it was good. I'm, I was back there for my 30th birthday um, to New Orleans and celebrated there and um, went back to my childhood home in Baton Rouge while I was visiting. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was really good to do that. Um, and, and I want to go back to visit and enjoy the culture again. However, I will never live there again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about education system being mm -hmm. horrible. Like, you know, I tribute, <laughs> I, I remember third grade just having two math teacher, maybe one math teacher, and then something happened and just having like so much, like I missed a lot of, a lot of learning, you know, mm -hmm. um, we never were taught the Roman numerals, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was, it's definitely, it has, it needs help. Louisiana, the South needs help. Because um, mm -hmm. they're very, very poor down there as well. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of my other background, so my mom's from Algeria, which is in North Africa. And um, I actually was back there two years ago because my grandfather's there, my aunts and uncles are there. Um, so I still have a lot of family um, in both of my parents' countries, actually, in Mali and, and Algeria. Um, so yeah, I was raised Muslim because um, they're both Muslim countries. And um, I don't consider myself to be a Muslim. I consider myself to be spiritual. Um, mm -hmm same <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then I was introduced to bacon in high school <laughs> and that just like changed everything <laughs> bacon does change everything that's really true <laughs> I'm actually a vegan now and I really <sighs> oh 
yes, that's Sometimes right. I, I will just, those. my mouth will water just thinking about the smell. Like just, um, it's, it's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. But, well, good yeah. for you though, for eating clean and healthy. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. It's like one of these things where like, I felt it in my heart for so long and I just didn't do anything about it. Now remind me though, are you an Aquarius? Cause I know there was something like that. Astrology. Um, yeah, so I thought, yeah, I'm very much into astrology. I'm actually a Capricorn. Um, okay. I'm an Aquarius. Yeah. You're a what? An Aquarius. Oh, okay. My moon is an Aquarius. So, vanity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I kind of like I I I vibe with air signs. Yes. With that I think. Um, so yeah, into astrology and tarot and yes mysticism in general and yeah um, are your parents okay with that like are they accepting of you not c continuing with the religious past because I was oh yes yeah, yeah um, luckily um I mean growing up I definitely grew up in a very strict household where mm -hmm. I, I wasn't allowed to do many many things um, however, they were pretty uh, liberal for Muslims, like mm -hmm. we weren't obligated to cover our hairs or like, you know, do anything. So as I became an adult, it was just like an acceptance of like, this is just who I am. And there's, wow. there's no issues there. So I'm grateful. Um, French is my first language. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I took a year of French once upon a time. <laughs> I can't remember anything, but it was such a beautiful language. And then it's funny because you mentioned about, unfortunately, the rebel flag. I lived in Baltimore for a little bit, which once you lose, once you go down the Mason-Dixon line, it's very, very, very different. I remember, um, you know, growing up really close to Philly, like my friend who was friends with my ex-husband who I lived there with said, oh, you, you don't even understand. It's so different here. It's so different. Because really Philadelphia, like pretty much people pretty much get along it's pretty mm -hmm. nice in that way and Baltimore was a very different experience there were a lot of very cool people but it was it was very very um divided in a way that I had never experienced before and that was that was Baltimore was divided yes yes okay. it was okay. very very strange for me because that's just not how we grew up you know so it was a it, it was an interesting experience but um yeah, I felt really uncomfortable in the South. Like we went to um, we went to a thing called Lady Fest in, in Atlanta, oh, which fun. was like like feminist singers and stuff. And that was in itself interesting because I was with my husband and they were not that into it. You know, it was um primarily like um, a lot of lovely and wonderful lesbians, but they were not really into us being there together. But uh, like, who's that man amongst yeah, us? Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it was it was hard though it was really uncomfortable like when we drove through like north and south carolina i remember like feeling panicky i'm just like dude yes. this is not my scene like get me the fuck out of here like let's get back because we spent a lot of time in dc which was like awesome you know and baltimore was like okay but this was like very strange and uncomfortable and i was like i can't imagine if i feel like this how somebody else might feel if they're African-American driving through this motherfucker. Like, it's just like, Oh, I, I really remember feeling intense. that. Yeah. Driving through, um, Mississippi, I think it was mm. Alabama. Um, yeah, there, those States have a vibe. You're absolutely right. Yes. And you can pick up on that, whether it's like historically since right. what happened there or just like the eeriness of, I don't know, there's, there's something off. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was like a psychic kind of like, um, what's the word I always use? Um, it starts with a P, damn it. <laughs> I can't think. A premonition? No. It wasn't a premonition. It was like um, palpable. I got it. Huh. It was got a it. palpable feeling that felt in my whole system. And it's like, it's hard because when you have anxiety, you're like, oh, is this intuition or am I like just having a panic feeling? Mm -hmm. It felt very palpably uncomfortable, like very, very uncomfortable. It was just... I remember we were in really bad traffic and I was like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Like ASAP, <laughs> it's just like intense. And I think, you know, I'll probably never go back to the South because it was like that, that feeling will never like escape me. But yeah, I mean, this is like. <sighs> well, here's hoping that 
yes. after this election, I mean, regardless if, if Joe Biden wins, because, you know, I don't think a lot of people support him as a president. I understand that. I think the mm. two-party system is kind of yes. needs to be reevaluated in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's a lot of work to be done still, even yes. if Joe Biden is our president. Um, right. Because clearly as we can see on the map and just from trump supporters in general there's like this really cultish feeling of 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 hate and um it's prominent in all of the southern states all of the midwest which was shocking to see um so who knows but i am holding on to faith that you know we can create a better, better America, or because I don't, I don't actually believe America's ever been great. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you know, when I feel like people who argue that theory of like, oh, well, we're the this, this, and that, it's like, well, you know, shouldn't there be room for improvement? Like, oh, we, yeah, for sure. Right. Like we can improve as people. So therefore, why can't like other things be improved? You can improve your house. You can improve your community. Why can't we improve? Why, why is it so hard to say that? Like there are problems here that we can fix. Yeah. People should always be evolving and the country should be evolving and humanity should be evolving. And it's like, I never saw it, but it reminds me of, I, I shouldn't comment on it, but didn't the guys who did um, South Park did Theocracy or something. I need to watch it because I think yes, it's really yes, something yes. that would make a lot of sense right now because I had a therapy session last night and my my lady and I'm just saying to her, like, it's just so hopeless, like everything. It's so hopeless. And and it's not like a clinical depression about it, but it's just like a like um so, yeah, you're feeling despair. I, I Yeah, it's like having a spiritual like breakdown because it's just so much hopelessness with just watching everything but I will say on a positive note and this this is a good way to like like bring it back around is like I think the time that we live in is a really cool time because we can get ourselves together and not have to go through the proper channels and not have to or not the proper channels but the channels um to like um like I was involved in zine writing and stuff and guerrilla like very punk rock scene stuff and just like making stuff happen, like this idea that you're saying about like action, action, action. And it's neat because being able to get a group of people together via the internet is really powerful. And it's really changed the way everything works Yes. and how we're, how we get news. Like I follow, I follow people that I trust on Facebook and I get news from like the, the horse's mouth, you know, I don't really watch news anymore as much as I try to, but, um, you know, I think it's a really empowering time in our lives where we really aren't censored too much they haven't caught up too much but I mean to think Black Lives Matter started as a hashtag is really incredible you know and the momentum it's it's gained so much and 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 I agree with you I feel like that is why I feel so hopeful and yeah and positive and optimistic is because we do live in a very like interesting time where anything Mm -hmm. is possible like absolutely anything is possible and and accessible and accessible and yes. and yeah, it's it's just really it's terrifying, but also very like I don't know, emotional and 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 yeah. satisfying in a way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This has been wonderful. Thank you yeah. so much, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you, and I'm sorry it's been so long. It took such a long time <laughs> to get down our rabbit hole, but um, it's okay. yeah, anything. And I think yeah. that it's really, really important to, to get some brainstorming and some ideas. So please keep us informed. Oh, oh, how can people follow you and find out more about the things that you're doing um, and the social justice organization? Is there any kind of platform yet for that? Not yet. So in okay. the new year, just okay, cool. uh, yeah, in the new year, there will be a okay, lot awesome. more progress. Um, right now, we're just kind of working on the foundation and I'm nice. really excited to share that with that is so exciting. And that does make me feel so hopeful. So thank yeah. you so much. Of course. It, um, it's been a wonderful um, um, experience talking to you. And I'm really glad you joined me. Thank you, Rachel. I and I appreciate it. it. I don't talk to many people anymore. So I'm sorry about oh. it. For huddled. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> full circle with the Pennsylvania oh, yes. Dutch. Um, oh, and hopefully after this pandemic, you know, maybe we can have coffee face to face. Yes, that would be so nice. And, and I would love that so much. And anytime you want any kind of help with, you know, somebody with an art teacher background, let me know. Okay. That would, would be really fun. Throw fine. me in the bucket. Yeah. Well, in the hat. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Sarah. Take it easy. Take good care and stay safe. You too. Thank you so much. Bye. See you later.